If God said that your children are going to be saved, I don't care what drug has gripped its hand over them. I don't care what vice of this world is holding them. The blood is greater than the vice. And if God said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house shall be saved, then I fully expect to come back to this house and see you worshiping and praising God with your children standing right next to you. You either pull down strongholds or they pull you down. You either cast down imaginations of the enemy or they cast you down. You either bring every thought captive obedient to the word or those thoughts will bring you captive obedient to darkness. So the weapons that we have are not carnal, but they are mighty. I got news for you. We're coming into a move of the Spirit that the half has not yet been told. We have been so complacent to think that we've been there, seen that, and done it. Our eyes haven't seen it yet. Our ears haven't heard it yet. Neither have entered into our hearts, but I got a word for you. The camels are coming. The light has come. The Gentiles are coming. The sons are coming. The daughters are coming. They're coming. They're gathering. And our hearts are going to swell with joy. We're going to overflow with the radiance of the glory of God. It's not going to be like it was. It's going to be greater than anything the earth has ever seen. All right. Good morning, church family. I am Pastor Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at the church. If you don't know that, I'm the one that gets to mess with all your kids' minds. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They mess with mine. All right. That's how it works. Uh, anyways, uh, did you know, this is just a fun little little excerpt, did you know that your kid's generation is way cooler than our generation? And like, like, here's a great example. When I was in high school, we had a handshake, a high five, and a fist bump. But now they do this thing called snail, where you go to fist bump a kid, and they'll go snail, and they go under your, and you look like a dummy, because you don't know what's happening, but they think it's super cool. I just wish I was as cool as your kids. That's all I'm trying to say. Just hang out with your kids for a little bit. You'll get cooler too. It'll be awesome. Anyways, thanks so much for being with us today. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. How many of you are excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah, amen. We should be. We should be. A couple of quick announcements and we're going to get straight into worship. The first one is this. We're doing the tissue drive again this year. Um, we found out that like teachers often have to buy their own supplies like, like Kleenexes for the kids in their class. And we thought that's a little silly. Uh, we could buy you some Kleenexes. And so we did last year and it was awesome and they really loved it. And they, they would like for us to do it again. So we're going to do more. I believe we're going to be donating to Botkins and also I think to Walpock this year. So we need more tissues. So bring in some tissue boxes help some kids wipe their nose on a tissue and not their sleeve and keep the spread of germs down. All right, people, that's what we're doing. Um, the next one is the week of Pentecost. You just saw the commercial for it. We want everyone to be at week of Pentecost. It's going to be incredible. Vacation Bible School is happening at the exact same time. So if you'd like to help with that, please go sign up. I know they'd love to have you volunteer. And then I think there was one more, but I forgot what it was. So we're going to move right on past it. Prayer. Oh, man, how can I forget prayer? First Saturday prayer is happening this coming Saturday from 8 to 9 in the morning. And just come and join with us. I, I challenge the kids. We have some kids that come in and pray with me at 8.50 on Sunday mornings back in the teen center, which is super. How many of you just think that's super awesome, that kids will come in a whole? That's really cool. Uh, anyways, I told the kids, I said, hey, what does God answer? 
And the correct answer is prayer. He answers prayer. So guess what? If we're not praying, what's he answering? Yeah, ask and you shall receive, right? Seek and you'll find. So first Saturday prayer is a time for us to gather together corporately as a church and to just seek God for salvations, for miracles, for just revival to break out. So we want to ask so that God has something to answer. You with me? You with me? So come join us for prayer this Saturday, this coming Saturday. It's going to be really good. All right, stand to your feet. We're going to get into worship. I'm going to be real honest with you this morning. I came in this morning going, I just need to be reminded I just need to be reminded of how good God is and how powerful God is. I don't know if you're like me, but some days, like, it just feels heavy. I have no reason for why today just feels like a heavy day. Anybody else feel that way? You just feel like today's a little heavy? It's just me. I'm all alone today. That's good. You guys are going to be able to build my faith. I love this so much. But I just came in saying, man, I just need to be reminded of how good God is. And so I went to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read some scripture to you. Check this out. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, just listen to how good Jesus is. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is so good. Here we go. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Man, Jesus is over it all. He's over it all. And so when I wake up feeling heavy, I'm just telling you, church, it's good to remind myself that Jesus is over it all. That there's nothing in all creation that can separate me from his love or from his ability to rescue me. So I feel like David this morning. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? I will remind myself again of how good my God is. I will put my hope and my trust in Him. God is so good. It's going to be a good day today. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day today because Jesus is still over it all. He has complete authority, and we're going to lift our eyes up to Him this morning. Heavenly Father, we just declare that today, no matter what we're coming in like, today is going to be a good day because Jesus is over it all, and Jesus has rescued and reconciled us. He has given us peace and a hope and a future and so today we just want to praise you and we want to thank you today is a glorious day because it's another day that Jesus is on the throne hallelujah let's worship Jesus together church
Sorrow, it's I praise the Lord. I saw, I 
Spaces, cause grace is, it's waiting for you. Let's dance like the weight has been lifted, cause grace is, it's waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out of the dark. Just as you are into the fullness of his love for the spirit is here let there be freedom let there be open spaces cause grace is it's waiting for you and let's dance like the weight has been lifted cause grace is it's waiting where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom there is freedom where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom there is freedom come out of the dark you are into the fullness of his love for the spirit is healing there be freedom let there be freedom oh freedom oh yes oh there is freedom in this room oh chains will fall and prison shake at the sound of Jesus name and lies made whole 
hearts awake. Come on, it's at the sound of his name. Oh, chains will fall and the prison shake. Oh, in Jesus' name, lies made whole. Hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. And chains will fall, prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lies made whole, hearts awake at the sound. Chains will fall, chains will fall, prison shake. the sound of Jesus' name, and chains will fall, prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name, and lies made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name, oh, chains will fall, prison shake at the sound At the sound of Jesus' name, his lives made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name, and chains will fall, prison shake at the sound, oh at the sound, lives made whole, 
hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. this place this morning. Let's lift our hands in surrender, in worship this morning. Lifting our hands is a sign of surrender. We're surrendering all to him. We're surrendering all to the king who laid his life down, who laid his life down on a cross and paid a price for us. We surrender all to you today, Lord. Oh, we worship you. We worship you, you're holy, you're holy, you're worthy. There's no one like you. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. sin and shame are powerless. My heart has peace with God and forgiveness. Where
closest friends, most beautiful, only you are most beautiful, cause you are dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, for your presence, most beautiful, cause you Closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, cause you are dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, With just one look, everything changes. Captivated, and I'll never be the same. It's with just one look. Everything, everything changes. I'm captivated. I'm captivated. And I'll never be the same. praise and worship. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, so I'm Annie Moody, and for those of you who don't know me, and I get to talk about your giving and tithing this morning. I'd like to start out in Deuteronomy 16:17, and it says, every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing that the Lord God has given you. The last part of that is that the Lord God has given you everything we have, our gifts, our talents, our ability to wake up in the morning, to go to our job that provides for our families, it all comes from Him. And there's just something about giving some of it back to Him that is kind of like writing a thank you note to God for the provision He's given us. So I'm going to give, that's our first of three reasons why we tithe. So the first one is to help us remember who our provider is. But Jesus made it clear that it wasn't something they just did back in the day in the Old Testament. It's also something that we do in the church today, and it's very important. So 
get my money out here in my envelope. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And you're all familiar with this. I know you are. It says, do not lay up treasures for yourselves, treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to jump down to verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So mammon, I don't know if you've ever looked this up or not, but it's the was a common Aramaic word for riches. And it's related to a Hebrew word that signifies that which is to be trusted. So in other words, you can't serve, you can't trust both God and money. Money is either going to be the source of your joy, your sense of security. It's going to be your greatest love and the supplier of your needs, or God is. So when you get your heart right, you get to support the mission of Jesus. You get to participate in seeing other people's lives change. The lights turned on and the doors open. You get to do that just like someone, everyone else before you has done for you. So the question maybe is why we tithe, but why not? If you're truly following Jesus, if your joy and your sense of security, if your greatest love and, your, and the supplier of all your needs is Jesus, why wouldn't you want to give to tithe so that people can meet Jesus like, just like you did? So for recap, remember, it's to help us remember who our provider is, and Jesus told us to so more people can meet him. And just one more why. There goes one of my whys. <laughs> the final why is we give because we want to be people that God can trust with resources. When we refuse to tithe, we communicate to God that we don't trust him with that part of our lives. And I think sometimes our wallet is the last place that we begin to trust him. And consequently, he's going to be unable to trust us with more resources. And I bring this up because I've heard people say, I'll tithe when I get a certain amount of money. I'll tithe when I get the next raise or the next promotion. And Jesus tells us that that's just simply not true. He says in Luke 16, chapter, or verse 10, he who is faithful in much, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. So he's saying that you'll be the, exactly the same no matter how much money you have. It's not a money issue, it's a heart issue. And he wants us to just rely wholly and completely on him. And what we do, we communicate that we can be trusted with more. So get your tithe and offering envelopes ready. Envelopes on the back of the pew in front of you. And final recap, why do we tithe? I wonder if you can remember anything I said. <laughs> because it helps us remember who our provider is. 
because Jesus told us to so that more people can meet him and so that he's able to trust us with more. So let's pray over our tithe and offering. Heavenly Father, we just give you all the glory, everything that you provide for us. We ask that everyone here would find Jesus as their sense of joy, their sense of security, the supplier of all their needs and their greatest love. Father, we thank you, Father, for healing our pastor and giving him his strength back, Father. We bless everyone here on live stream this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. today, though. Uh, I just want to take just a moment. I won't stay here very long, but I want to say thank you. Thank you. Um, I feel it an honor to be amongst believers that as I was reflecting just over the last weeks of our life, it was just a whirlwind. You know, you run on adrenaline for a while, and then the adrenaline, you finally crash. And, and then you realize you need 12 hours of sleep, 14 hours of sleep. Even though dad was rehabilitating and resting, we were rehabilitating and resting from the fight. Amen. But I just want to say thank you because, you know, oftentimes the church gets the wrong rap. And it's that it's a bunch of people that sit in the pews and hear the word, but don't know how to do the word. And I am honored to be amongst a congregation, amongst a church that didn't hear the word for 40 plus years. Whatever you joined the church, what you heard, you began to do. And it started to settle into your spirit and it changed and began a work in you. Or the work that you stepped up to the plate to complete would have never been completed. When called on in the moment, you responded to a need. And I'm just honored. I don't have brothers and sisters, but I do have brothers and sisters. And when I needed you the most, you were there. Amen. So I just want you to know, thank you. Thank you. And I don't count it just, ah, passe, passe, to be a part of only believe. I count it an honor. 
Amen. So let's pray today before we get started. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we get to preach the gospel another day, that we get to sit in the pews of our church another day, that we get to be your church another day. Father, open our ears. Father, I ask that everyone under the sound of the word today, Father, I speak to the heart of the sinner. Father, I speak to the heart of the lost prodigal. Father, and I call them home right now at the beginning of this message, saying, Holy Spirit, do your work, that they would know the love, the depth, the width of what you've done for them at Calvary. God, that they could even conceive, Father, what you paid and the price that you consider them so valuable. God, allow me to be used by you as an instrument today, Father, to bring forth a sure word, a strong word, a powerful word. God, a word that breaks follow ground in the hearts of the believer and then of the young Christian. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now, some of you um, might be asking, where is pastor? Trust me, he's in the gate waiting to get out and my mom's got a lock on it. We're letting him rest. Um, He's building up some stanima. He started rehabilitation therapy this week, uh, three times a week, and then he's doing some things at home. I think this week our family is going to start doing some things with him. Maybe the boys are going to start taking turns, going down and doing some extracurricular activities with him to get him other than fishing. We're not looking for this type of rehabilitation therapy. We're looking for some or this. We're looking for other things to do. Um, But you can just continue to pray. Trust me, he will return. We just want him to return when he's really strong and he's restored in his fullness. Amen. I think for a long time he had been running on empty anyways, so we're just going to let him get a little past full. And trust me, when he comes, you'll know. Until then, we're going to bring a great word. So today we're going to be finishing our series on the Holy Spirit. Um, Next week, if you have not penciled in on your calendar, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are going to begin to celebrate the week of Pentecost. Thus, the reason we are speaking on the Holy Spirit to bring you up to par and what these 40 days looked like before he went back to heaven and then sent his spirit to us. So we've learned a lot over the past three or four weeks um, while we've been teaching on this, but one of the most important things I think is important for us to believers as to know is that the Holy Spirit is a part of the triune God. It is a part of the Trinity. This is one of the pillars of the Christian faith in this church that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three parts, but they equal one God. They are three persons, not three personalities, three persons. And it's important that you know that. Pastor Randy brought that out. Thanks, honey, for coming. I didn't know if you had to preach. All right, praise the Lord. Well, that's an exciting thing. Anyways, I didn't know he was gonna be in here with us. But we also realized that after salvation and baptism of water, that there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit that can be yours as believers. This is not for the unbeliever. This is just for believers. And then Pastor Randy brought up another really strong point that you really don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to enter into heaven. However, I'm going to bring a strong point to today's service 
that would ask you why not? Why wouldn't you want what God has provided for you? Why would you stop at the cross and not accept what he asked us to wait for? So we're going to go further. So let's start with Ephesians 5.15. And I'm going to do my best just to cruise on through this. Um, I'm reading from the NIV today. Whatever version you have is fine, but the NIV is what will be on the screen. And it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Anyone who's asking, here's one of his things. This is his will. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. I had to look this word up. Excessive sensual pleasures. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart of the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this scripture reminds us that we're to be careful in the way we live, that we're not supposed to be drunk, but let me say it this way. We're not supposed to waste our lives, get wasted. We're not supposed to waste our lives on unproductive patterns. But we are to be wise and waste our life, spend everything we have on being productive and walking in the will of what it is. To be filled with what he asks us to be filled with and to do things accordingly. So we see in Luke 24, 49, Jesus is speaking and he's talking to the people. He says, now he will send the Holy Spirit. He's talking about his father, God, the father in heaven, the Holy Spirit, just as his father had promised, but stay here in the city until he comes and fills you with power from heaven. So even though you and I could get to heaven without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was sure to remind us that we should wait here in the city until what my father has sent, you get. Don't leave until you get it. Those are red letters. Those are important parts. That's the words of the son of God speaking to you and I. And we should be hearing what he's saying, amen? So maybe we can get to heaven without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But why would you want to? Why? Do you understand? Listen, and this is not just a Pentecostal thing. Let me just say that this is not just a religion thing that, well, I'm a part of the Pentecostal church, so that's why I believe in speaking in tongues. That's not what this is about. This is the red letters of Jesus saying, why would you not wait and be filled with my spirit? There must be a reason that we should be filled. So let's go to Acts 2.4. This is where it all happens. And it says... We know what the, the scripture says in Acts 
but we're going to read it again. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Who was all the people together? They were the believers that had come together, that had saw Christ crucified, are now witnesses to his resurrection, and they're all sitting in the house. These are believers. These are you and I, people who believed in what had just happened at the cross. Who was filled? All of them. All. There was no more in the house that were not filled. Everyone that was there was filled. It didn't matter their age. It doesn't talk about how young they were, how old they were. Didn't talk about if some were one of Jewish descent, some were of German descent, some of them were American. It didn't say. We can assume they were all from those regions. Maybe there was somebody from Samaria there. Which, mind you, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. Maybe there was some females that were present. I'm just saying it real loud and clear. It's not only men that get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's men and women. It's children. It's elderly. It's fat. It's wide. It's skinny. It's long. It's people with big feet. It's all of us. God's not a respecter of persons of who gets to receive the gift. I believe that it's safe to say because they were all in the upper room and they all received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the evidence of tongues, that this was the initial evidence that they were filled. Would we not agree? There's multiple scriptures in Acts that confirms that the evidence or speaking in tongues, the utterance of tongues, whatever diverse tongues, whatever you want to call it, whatever version you read, that it is the initial evidence that someone has been filled. The problem is sometimes this is where I think the church stops. Now get me. Pastor Randy did a great job talking about the Holy Spirit and what we need him for. We learned that we need, that when we pray in tongues, that our, we are literally speaking to God. Nothing in between, that our spirit is communing with him. You can find that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Then it says, we know not what to pray for, but the spirit itself makes prayer and intercession for you. That's in Romans the eighth chapter. It helps us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. That's in Jude, the 20th chapter. How about this one? It says in James that the tongue no man can tame, but it must mean that the Holy Spirit can. Because when I give my tongue over, 
And he begins to use me to speak in the utterance. And my tongue is not a language that I understand. He must have control of my tongue that's being used and let it be a representation that when you yield this member, though the smallest of your body, (laughs) with the biggest ability to change the rudder of your ship, maybe, just maybe, when you use that tongue language that you have, the supernatural language of God, that it's the beginning of a yielding of all of your members. What if we say no to the infilling and it's connected to the yielding of all of our members? And if you say no to letting your tongue be yielded by the spirit, then you'll say no to allowing your body to be yielded. I've got a really strong argument of why we need to all be filled. It's great to speak in tongues, but it's not okay to stay there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. And we're going to start in the first verse. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Hmm. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Hold up. Did I just hear the word greater? Hmm. That got my ears up. Sometimes we as a church stop at the evidence of speaking in tongues and we think that that's the fullness of the Holy Spirit and his gifting in our life, his enablement. Because if you can speak in tongues, well, then you've arrived. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Pentecostal church, I love you. Sometimes you need to just love the body of Christ where they are, whether they're filled or not and just accept the process of God working in their lives. And sometimes we act like know-it-alls. Can I just say that out loud? Sometimes we just need to back off. And and if you realize, we're going to talk out of 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, but we're also going to talk out of 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And when we do, please excuse me, I've been fighting a little bit of allergy. Um, But when we do, it's I noticed that it was sandwiched around Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the love chapter. There's not a marriage that's been done in all of America that hasn't had the love chapter. Love is kind, love is patient, love is the, yeah, wait till you get in your first fight. Anyways, but when you look at the first verse of chapter 14, it says, follow the way of love. Let love be your highest goal. 
your highest goal because in 12, he's talking about how to use these gifts, the diversities of them, how the Holy Spirit's given them. Then he talks about love because I don't care what he's given you. In fact, it says, Corinthians 13, one says, if you speak in the tongues of man or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding or clanging symbol. How annoying. Nobody wants to listen to Jess hit that symbol over and over and over and over and over again. You should be here when we do a sound check. It's annoying. The point is, is that if you don't allow the love chapter to govern the gifts and the enablement of the Holy Spirit, you'll be moving in them wrong. So when I tell you about being Pentecostal, what I'm saying is there's other believers that don't believe like you, that they believe in the essentials. Come on. And you want to argue about the non-essentials. Why? Why? To cause disunity? Because you might know more than the Holy Spirit and you think they need to know what you know and how wrong they are and how you can lead them in the way of truth. How about you begin to pray and you begin to trust that the Holy Spirit will lead them in the way of truth. Do you think he can't show up in a denominational church that doesn't believe like the Pentecostals does and share the gospel and someone break out and start speaking in tongues and an entire church drop to their knees and say, now we believe? Come on, have we become that unfull of love? that we would begin hating on true brothers and sisters of the Lord over whether they like carrots or corn? It's not even the main dish. I'm just saying that. I think that should be brought to light that the love chapter is in the middle of this whole thing. So let's go back to Corinth, the 14th chapter. Let love be our highest goal. And, and, you don't get to stop there, eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit. The King James version would say, covet the gifts, covet what's here, covet the working of the spirit in your life. Don't stop at the infilling of the evidence of speaking in tongues. Pentecostals, keep going. There's more. Eagerly desire what's there. Don't just stop at the evidence, once you receive it, you're like, oh, well, now I know how to edify myself. Now I know how to pray directly to God. And now I know how to build myself up on my most holy faith. Do you? Stop. Covet what's greater. Covet what's greater. Let's move on to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And I'm just laying some, some strong scripture here. There's so much to the Holy Spirit. We could sit here for months and months and months if we were going to go through it all. But we don't have time for that. So verse 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. They are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. They are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Someone say, the common good. 
The Holy Spirit was given for the common good of your life, of the church's life, and of the world. The common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the spirit are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines does man distribute these gifts the holy spirit distributes them or passes them or demonstrates there's many expressions of the gift of the holy spirit yet all are the work of him your life, this is where the selfish Christian stops. Because once we learn that it can edify us and build us up on our most holy faith, and we can pray to God when we know not what to pray, and it becomes self-serving, we stop. But God's pushing you and I to come out of using the Holy Spirit just for you and I, just to help us live a holy, blameless, faith-filled, power-packed life. It's amazing. But it's not where we're supposed to stop. We're supposed to pass forward onto the other ones and prophesy. That was greater, right? It was greater. I would assume that since tongue is the initials, then that must be the not greater. Correct? I'm just, I'm just reading it. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through each one of these because I want you to, sh I want to show you what it's not. And I think it's important. So if we go back to the scripture, we're going to go right through them in the order that they were in the scripture. Wisdom, the gift of wisdom, not man's wisdom, not because you went to school and you're smart, not because you got a master's degree, a doctorate's degree, although James says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. That's not the same wisdom we're talking about. That is a natural wisdom that God says, I will give it freely. As much as you want, I'll give it. I will freely give it to you. This is a work. This is God's wisdom being given to you supernaturally. You would have never known what he's going to tell you to do. Okay, about a situation. I'm going to just tell you, anyone that's lived in the hospital any length of time, if you do not have the gift of the Holy Spirit and a gift of wisdom, someone you love could die that fast. That fast. Knowledge. Not head knowledge, like I'm smart and I've read a thousand books, but knowledge that only God could know about a situation. For instance, there was a man that came to our church. He pulled a woman out in the middle of a service and he began to speak to her. And she was like, mm, yeah, right. Like I could just see it. I knew her and I could see it all over her. And he said, you know what? I'm looking in your bedroom and I see a chair. 
with a piece of green clothing draped over the back that you wore and you have not hung up. And that woman went, a piece of knowledge of God's. That man had never been in her house. That man didn't know a friend of a friend that talked to him before the service to tell him about that green piece of clothing draped over that chair. It was God showing him why, so that she would hear what he was saying and know it was a move of God in her life and that God would receive the glory for that. Not the man giving it, but God through a man. This is you and I. The Holy Spirit wants to use you and I as a conduit, as a piece, an instrument, as a channel to move through. Don't go getting all crazy on me because I said channel. Just because mediums use the word channel, it was probably God's word before anyone else used it. The bottom line is, is a power coming through me that's going to you by God, not by any man or any natural means. Do not confuse the work of the Holy Spirit with anything natural. You will grieve him. He is not a natural God. He is not something you put on a pedestal and take him off and rub him when you want and get him to appear to do what you need. That's not how our God works. There's a plan and there's a purpose. And if you will yield and you will live a life that is sacrificed to him and is living holy, and you will begin a process of sanctification and remove the world from between you and him, you will hear, you will move, and you will live in him. And he will move through you when he wants. That's just the truth of it. So faith, let's move on. Faith, God's faith imparted for a certain moment. Mind you, this is not go because your faith has made you whole. This has nothing to do if I prayed for David and the gift of faith showed up present, no matter what, it would have nothing to do with your faith or my faith or anyone else's stretching forth their hand to pray. It would be a gift of faith God's faith himself coming down, channeling through me to you and healing is done. It's over, done. Not be as unto you as your faith, not any of that, not any of that. Supernatural faith you've never experienced on your own, nor will you, nor will anyone else. Doesn't matter how much you speak in tongues according to Jude 20. You will never have that holy faith that when God imparts the gift of faith into you to use for the moment that you've been given it, you better do as much as you can while it's here. I'm gonna tell you why later. Healing, a deliverance or a removing of a disease, whether emotional or physical, hear me out, not by a doctor's touch. The living God does not need grace to do what he does. He has all the power he needs. I'm grateful for doctors. I'm grateful for the grace of God to allow doctors to have the knowledge they have to help men and women. But I'm just gonna tell you something straight up. Do you know that that was God's love for the entire world that he gave us doctors? But we as the church, with this right here, the gift of healing present, you'll never need a doctor. When God himself shows up to heal a situation, it's done. He doesn't need any help. He is able to do above and beyond 
what you and I can ask or even think. There's the miraculous, or as the King James would call it, the working of miracles. This is a supernatural ability to serve others with God's miracle working power, with no limitations and no boundaries. He doesn't need it to be scientifically correct. He doesn't need it to be, uh, 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 let me say, uh, okay, you're missing a toe. God doesn't need a bone to be there before he puts skin, muscles, sinews, whatever they called them in Ezekiel, sinews, and that means tendons and muscles. He doesn't need any of that. It can be completely empty, void of an entire foot. He don't need foot cells present to grab them and grow them in a Petri dish and then, you know, use a laser printer to make a part. He doesn't need man's help. It's the miraculous working power of God, limitless, boundaryless, and unexplainable. You cannot explain the miraculous working power of God. You can't. Man's tried, but you can't. Prophecy, telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. We are directly proclaiming the mind of God. Not your mind. Not your devotional time. I'm being real with you. Remember, these are not natural gifts. Not something you perceive about someone. People will come up to you oftentimes and give you a prophecy, but it's something out of their natural man that is a perception based on something they think. That's not prophecy. That's you being motivated by yourself. In your natural giftings. There are people that are more natural than others in certain giftings. I'm a part of the verbal gifts. I'm a part of those three in the middle, the, 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 the revelation gifts. Now, Randy, he's a part of the power gifts. Randy doesn't shy away from anyone who's sick, anyone who needs a miraculous power of God. You want it, last year's VBS, how many of you remember hearing the story that that storm's gonna go around us? We're not gonna have that storm here. And it was, oh my gosh, what is that? Elijah saying there's rain coming and they're like no there ain't there's rain coming no there ain't there's rain coming yeah there is it was Randy in the power gift saying this is what's going to happen and I'm going to speak and against science against the limitations they're saying there's going to be a tornado that's coming to this area and no it's not we've prepared four days for this event and God them kids are getting on them wave runners and we ain't having a tornado. And you know what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen because faith arose in the house. And for Randy, it was this supernatural enablement that said, no, no, this is not what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. There's a difference. There's a difference. I'm going to normally, I gravitate easier to other gifts. Does that exempt me from the power gifts? No. Should I allow it to let me work in what's comfortable and not covet the uncomfortable? Come on. 
It's easy to do what comes natural to you. It's easier. And oftentimes that's where God will start with you when he's working with you in the giftings. But trust me, he's looking as much as you will receive. He's looking to give. As much as you will allow him to move through you and come out, he wants to. He wants to. But there's often times that there are people in your local church, we'll use that as an example, that need things. And when you walk by them, God's looking to see if you're available. But if you've never worked in the miraculous before, because let me, I'm just going to state some real, real true facts here. You're afraid. You're insecure. You think that's for everyone else but you. That's only for the five-fold ministry. Pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet. That's not me, so I'm, I'm, out, I'm out. Then I got to be honest with you. The Spirit's looking for the next person. Because he can't use what isn't willing to be yielded to him. I'm trying to get you to want what Jesus wants you to have. And I get it. You could look weird. Yep. Yeah, you could. You could make mistakes. Probably you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay. I don't mean this bad. I got way past that. You just got to be able to say yes to the spirit. Say yes, and I'm going to give you a demonstration later that it's not going to be so hard for you to understand. So let's move back on to the discerning of spirits. This is seeing through a situation, being able to distinguish by which spirit they are of. Please be careful with this. I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I have the discerning of spirits. Yeah, I know those people right there. That is manipulation and they ain't good. Okay. That's the discerning of gossip. And what you're doing is you're able to read certain personality types because you're really intuitive. Intuitive and discerning of spirits are not the same. As humans, you are intuitive and when you're in a situation that is unsafe, you know it's unsafe. There ain't no God that had to tell you it was unsafe. You are intuitive to know that my surroundings feel off. Okay? This is God's spirit telling you that is of me and that is not of me. Let me tell you one of the greatest gifts that needs to be coveted for this end time is the discerning of spirits. Because it says in the revelation that they will do miracles, signs, and wonders, the Antichrist. And it will cause people to believe. You better be able to look at a crippled man being healed by a devil and say, that is the work of the Antichrist, or you'll end up following and bowing to that. And let me mind you, there is no Christian that should be bowing to any man ever. I don't care if he is the glorious prophet of America. I don't care if he's the greatest preacher on the earth. I don't care if millions of people are lining up and miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. You better worship the miracle giver and not the miracle worker. 
because it'll all pass away and you'll put your treasure in something that is not real and you will be deceived and led like a lamb to the slaughter in the end times. If there's anyone to covet, let it be that, that you could stand in the end time as they're walking in by the droves, following the work of the antichrist, that you could stand bold and say, that's of the devil, come and follow Jesus. That you would know and be sure in your spirit that you could lead the right way, that you and your household would be saved. God help us. Diverse kinds of tongues. We've spent tons of time talking about that. And lastly, the interpretation of tongues. A translation that's not been naturally learned, but it's been given by God. And let me say this. If it's not decent and it's not in order, don't tell me it's of God. No, 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 no. Everything about this book is in order. It's a beautiful book. It's decent. It's in order. It's filled with love. It's got balance of judgment and love and evil and good. And no matter which way you try to hang it, you can say God is evil. Lies. He's not. In every part of this book, I can prove he is good. It's all done in decent and in order. And we are to use the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Let love be our guide. Let love be what governs how we work and how we move. That's why I struggle when the Pentecostals have to be right. Is that love? Or is it that you need to be right? I know it sounds crazy, but I am going to start closing. But I've got a great demonstration for you. I just want you to know. There's so many examples of each one of these in the Bible. I can't touch on every one of them. It would have taken literally four to six weeks to just get through them all. Okay, so I want you to know, if you want to see me after service, I've got examples of them. But people often ask this. It says that he distributes each one of us as he wills. People have often asked, do I get more than one gift? First of all, let's say this. You don't get to keep these gifts. This is an enablement of God that he gives you for a moment. You are to be obedient and do what he asks you to do and then give it back. Done, done, it's over. So can you have more than one at a time? Yes. Let's look at Moses. Most, Most good example I think of. He was told literally, They've delivered the people of Israel. And he was told, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. This is in Exodus, the 14th chapter, if you want to read the whole story. I'm not lying to you. He says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And he's coming after them. That's what he said to him. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I'm going to bring you out. But his heart's going to be hardened. And then he's coming after you. And so Moses is like, well, it's a good thing to know he's coming after me. That's a word of knowledge. God's knowledge of what's going to happen because he's actually going to promote what's about to happen anyways. So that, he said, the Egyptians and the Israelites will see that I am God. He's doing it to display his power. He's doing it to make a statement. And he tells Moses what he's up to. But then Moses, they'd be running. 
They've been running. They've got like, like 100,000 people behind them. So running was probably more like this. But they were running. And the Egyptians, they're coming after them, right? But now he gets to the Red Sea. And he's like, well, now what? He didn't tell me this part had been nice. But I bet he thought, well, if God told me they were coming after me, he's got a plan. Well, what to do? God tells him, lift up your staff. Smack the water. He does. And over the night, the water recedes. Now, this is the miraculous. This is the working of miracles. Let me tell you why. Science can't defy it. The Reds, by the way, just so you know, there's a history channel, I'm not going to name it, that actually tried to create a program that said it wasn't the Red Sea, it was a typo, and it was the Reed Sea. And every so many years, the Reed Sea recedes and you can cross on dry land. I mean, thank you, Miss Ella, lies, all lies. Man and this world will try to defy what the miraculous power of God does. It will try to find a natural route to explain it away. It will try to say that, oh no, this is possible in the earth. No, it's not. That is a miraculous supernatural move of God through the Holy Spirit's demonstration. Why? To bring him glory. To bring him glory. So yes, you can have more than one at a time. I got to be honest with you. The more you get, sometimes it gets a little harder to differentiate which one's being used at which time. But who cares? The Holy Spirit's moving. Amen. Okay. So remember, remember, remember. These are not natural giftings. These are what God himself does through man. Okay, now, I'm going to need some help. I need a strong, strapping young man. Hang on, hang on. I know there's a lot of them. With blonde hair, about 21-ish. This is, see, Lincoln, they already knew. That means you're a strapping young man that's really good looking. All right. I have a demonstration for you today. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'd like to take credit for this, but I can't. Um, right there is good. Just stay in the light, though. Stay in the light. We don't want you to be in the darkness. It's a bad place to be. Okay? All right. So here, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit, let's just say it's like a ball. And that when the Holy Spirit enables you with a gift, this is as simple as it is. Now, when he starts out, notice its size. Look harmful? Watch. <laughs> doesn't hurt me. I can carry it. It's easy. It's light. It doesn't hurt me if it's going to hit me. Even if it falls to the ground, it's not going to crack and break. It's fine. This is the Holy Spirit in the beginning. And this is what he says, okay? Lincoln, this is the Holy Spirit. He's going to enable you to do something, okay? Here's what he says to you. I want you to start drinking water and no more energy drinks. Is that true? Are you drinking energy drinks? Lincoln, we talked about this. That was a word of knowledge in baby form for Lincoln. Now, Lincoln has a choice. 
to either hear the Holy Spirit and obey or to ignore it and drop it on the ground. But this case, Lincoln's going to hear it and obey. Give it back. Now, with the same measure he received, he gave it back. Did you see that? Holy Spirit, really non-invasive. David, you think if the Lord asked you to do something this small, you could do it? Catch it. Give it back. You don't get to keep it. All right. See how that works. Enablement. Then he steps it up. A little bit bigger. Looks like a bigger choice. Looks like a bigger thing. So here's what it is. Now keep in mind, the first one was for who? Who was the word of knowledge for in that moment? For him, right? The word of knowledge often works for you. He starts working in you to show you, get you confident, get you secure. You can catch that little ball. Then he gets a little bigger. Hey, Lincoln, don't get on the highway. Came a little faster. Why didn't he want to get on the highway? Because Lincoln had an interview 10 minutes away. And if he got on the highway, God knew There had been an accident that morning and that the entire interstate was backed up. Lincoln hadn't listened to the news. No friend called Lincoln. It was a piece of God's knowledge that he knew that job is for him. And if I don't get him to that interview, I don't get him to that meeting. I don't get him to where he needs to be. Then my plan in Lincoln's life is not going to get done. And he's drinking water and not drinking those inner drinks. So his heart's going to be strong for a long time. Give it back. Holy Spirit, a little bit bigger. Oh, but he steps it up. A little bit harder. A little bit harder. A little bit more gut to it. So now Lincoln and Grace, his girlfriend, they're at a restaurant. And his waitress comes to the table. And as his waitress is taking Grace's order, because he's a gentleman and he lets the woman always go first, the Holy Spirit says, she's just had a divorce. And Lincoln's like, yeah, what's that got to do with me? (laughs) No, (laughs) that's good. That's good. So this is where we get the chance to pass or fail. Now, I'll be honest with you. If your dad was at the table, get ready to pass it to him. You could say, hey, dad, God told me she had a divorce. Now, Randy gets to decide what he's going to do with that. But here's the problem. Randy gets the kudos for that. And Lincoln don't get to go to the next level. Randy gets to move forward with the Holy Spirit because what Lincoln was supposed to be faithful with, what he was supposed to steward, he passed to another believer because he didn't feel confident enough. He didn't feel secure enough. He was fearful of what God had asked him to do. Listen to me, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is doing it through you. All you gotta do is be the mouthpiece. All you gotta do is listen and obey. Give it back. You talk to her. All right. Bigger, faster. Here's what happens. Now, the first two were for Lincoln. The third one was for someone else. The world. Right? What about the church? Where does this come in? I'll tell you. Lincoln wakes up in the middle of the night. He has a dream about a friend that used to go to church here. But he sees that friend and knows that weed was his friend before. And that weed walked him into some really strong stuff. 
And so Lincoln's aware of what's happening and he's like, dude, I gotta call this guy. I gotta tell him, this is what I saw last night in my dream. But not only that, he sees his bedroom. He sees where the paraphernalia is on his bed and he sees what the boy's wearing. And he says, hey, friend, this is what God said to me. What are you gonna do? See how hard it's getting? See how fast it's starting to come? See how better? This is who God is. And then, oh, look at this one. Now Lincoln, we might need to scoot back. Come in the dark, just for a minute, just for a minute. Oh, we didn't fill this up, I forgot. This is God in the last moment. This is Lincoln in the church. And this is him seeing a miracle that needs to take place. But he's really unsure of what to do. He doesn't know how to deal with the situation. And over and over and over, he's like, God, help me. But because he was faithful in little, he's faithful in much. Lincoln goes to the fair, him and Grace. And all of a sudden, this crazy accident happens. And immediately this guy begins to bleed out on the ground at the fair. And Lincoln runs over to him, puts his hand on it and says, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, dear God, stop this bleeding. Let paramedics get here in time to save him. And immediately the blood stops. And everyone that's in the circle sees that it was only a miraculous, powerful move of God that that blood stopped. You know what? It was a head wound. They never stopped bleeding. But God got the power and all the glory. And the thing of it is, is with the same measure that Lincoln passes the gift back, the faster and the harder, don't hurt me, it gets, and before you know it, the Holy Spirit is just going, he's throwing them out as quick as he can. Thank you. This is who the Holy Spirit is in our life. He's never going to start here. He's never gonna try to embarrass you. He's never gonna try to make you step out of where you're going to fail. But this is much more comfortable to carry than this is. They're not your gifts to keep. They're not your enablement. You're gonna keep, they're his enablement to you. Each one of you is at a different place. Each one of you is here to receive something different and to maneuver and work in the gifts at a level you can mature. But if all you do, watch, if all you do is stop at the evidence and you don't steward or mature or grow any spiritual gift in your life, there's a generation that's dying to see a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. They are seeking mediums. They are seeking witch doctors. They are seeking demonic forces and powers that be, that are really real. They might not have a whole lot of power, but they're real and they are alive today. There are witch doctors, all over the witcheries now, popping up everywhere. Satanists, they're worshiping. Why? They're seeking a power because the demonstration of the church has gone quiet. Could it be? Could it be that you and I have grown comfortable in receiving for ourselves what we need 
but not willing to go any further for anyone else. Not willing to be mocked. Not willing to be made fun of. Come on. Church, I'm talking up your alley because I'm trying to ignite you. I'm trying to get you to come alive because I'm here to tell you that in this end time, the church of today has got to step up to the place that we will be the demonstrators of his enablement. We will be God to the world. We will be the ones who will live a life sacrificed enough to say yes. We will be sanctified enough for his power to flow through us. We won't be tarnished with this silt and this dirt inside of us. We'll live a pure life that he can flow through. We'll do it in love. We'll do it with patience. We'll do it with a tender heart. We'll do it with long suffering. We won't even keep track of the wrongs of the people that are trying and fail. You see? You know, some of us older generations have called the younger generation a bunch of pansies. But you know what? I think God wants them soft. I think he wants a Corinthian 13.1 church. Love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, it's long suffering with the world because it knows they're lost. Could it be that we might have been just a bit too hard that God, the creator of the entire universe, picked their personality just as it is and said, that's who I want. That's who I want. And we think because they're not like us, they're weak. No, they're not weak. They're just different than us and that's okay. They need us to put a little bit of steps in their back and skin stuck up strong. But they don't need us tearing them down. See, we, we're really dogmatic about the spirit. We know if God said it, he's gonna do it. And da, 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 da. That's just the way it is. But there's people that came down in a prayer line and asked God to heal them. And they didn't get it right then. And they're walking for four years with a sickness that they don't understand. Well, faith is now. Faith is now. I receive it now. Well, that's great. They're still struggling. They're still struggling. So we've got a generation saying, it's okay. It's okay. But then we look at the generation and we say, nope, that's not true. Faith is now. You're just not double-mindedness. Stop. Live together. Everyone's at a different place. Everyone's at a different place. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. Don't you remember when you were young in the Lord? Don't you remember when you were immature, when you were afraid to move in the spirit? We're all at different levels. Don't mistake that where Pastor Dosik is, is where you and I have to be. You don't have to see every wheelchair and just grab their hand and say, get out in the name of Jesus. If that's where your process is and the Holy Spirit gives you the ball, you better pull them out of that wheelchair. But if he don't, please don't do it till he enables you or you'll hurt the faith of the person in that chair. There were a lot of blind people where blind Bartimaeus was. 
but only blind Bartimaeus was the one that was healed. Know when to harvest faith and when not to. And I have a feeling that the Holy Spirit knows a whole lot more than we do. Stand to your feet. Acts says this, 1-8, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God didn't fill you with a power that you would hold it and keep it only to yourselves. He wanted you to spread it to your city, which is Jerusalem. He wanted you to take it to your nation and to the utter parts of the world. Father, we come before you today. God, I've tried to make this as simple as I can, that all would receive and desire earnestly the gifts. Greater than just the initial evidence, Father, we seek your way. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that which we've dropped, give us another chance. Turn the speedboat around and give us the ski rope one more time. That we would be obedient. That we would yield all of our members, not just our tongue, to you. God, that we would be able to hear and to move in the spirit. And Father, be humble enough, but yet have enough courage and enough confidence to do what you want us to do. Invade us. Invade us, Lord. Begin throwing balls our way. Let us see them supernaturally coming this week. God, for those that need it soft and tender, just lob them one. And Father, for those who need it fast and hard, they're ready. Your church is ready. Demonstrate your power through us, God. We submit to you and we thank you for it. Now, if you're under the sound of my voice today and you're like, Pastor Nicole, I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't even know Jesus. But whatever this is, I want it. I want a ball. I want to be a part of whatever this is. And today's your day. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior, then we are here and we're going to pray with you. And then I'm going to open it up. Altar team, come down front if you would. I'm going to open this up as well to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I know last week, Pastor Randy prayed with those who wanted to be filled and he asked you to do it from your seats. And I'm okay with that. But today... If you want filled with the spirit, I want you to come down to the altar and we're gonna lay hands on you. And we're gonna ask God to fill you. And then he's going to begin to enable and empower you to be a conduit. You're gonna receive the initial evidence. And then don't be surprised if this week already a word of wisdom comes down from above. Perfect, come on down. Is this salvation or the Holy Spirit? Which one? Holy Spirit, all right. Come on up, Randy. You're part of the altar team too. All right, anyone else wants the infilling of the Holy Spirit today? Anyone, anyone. Come on, this ain't your time to be afraid, ashamed. Let me just tell you, there's nothing to be afraid of. I told you that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never gonna give you something that you do not want. Don't listen to the world's lies that you're a kook. If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that's not true. I just showed you why and how. 
It's for his glory. All right, any salvations? One last time. All right, church, I love you. Happy Memorial Day weekend. This is a time for our fallen soldiers. Don't forget them. If you know someone that has lost someone in the line of duty or in our service, reach out to them. Reach out to them and love on them this week. Let them know you are praying for them in their situation and what's happening. And then I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna dismiss and then we're gonna continue to pray. Again, you want salvation or you want filled, we are here. Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Lord, for giving your word today. Lord, we thank you that you've blessed these families here, God, that they would have a joyful, safe weekend in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you start sending your work their way. Father, for they will obey in the name of Jesus. We will see you Wednesday night. We're gonna continue the series on identity and we'll be talking then. All right, love you, church.